Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear a heart's apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Pratt. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516 453 9118. That's 516 453 9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can also go to our chat room, which is available on our website where you can send your questions, um, of this podcast, you can go to reconnectmyheartpodcast.com. That's reconnectmyheartpodcast.com. As well as for those who may be on Facebook, you can go to my Facebook page, Brother Prater. B R O T H E R. P as in Paul, R A T as in Tom, E R. I'm very happy to be here with you on today. Number one, um, Normally, we do start at uh, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, but I had a speaking engagement, had a great time, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't want to rush. I made it here a few minutes ago, but I was able to at least catch my breath. So I really uh, thank uh, Evangelist Booth for the opportunity that we had uh, a couple minutes ago, and uh, I really enjoyed myself. Also, I'm very excited. 
last week had a little uh, smarter, minor, minor, minor um, difficulty, but hoping, praying that everything works out. Now I got some new equipment and look forward to have a pain-free podcast, not just for today, but for the days and year to come. So I thank God for that. Somebody say upgrade, <laughs> upgrade. But uh, today, what was on my heart, um, this kind of fell upon me to really just uh, have a conversation about this particular topic. This particular topic, um, today we're going to talk about uh, being the different one, being the different one uh, within the family, uh, within the family or within your circle. We're going to talk about that and much more in an episode called The Chosen One. The Chosen One. How to deal with being the black sheep in the family or within your circle. You know, it's so important for us to really just be able to um, have this conversation because it's a lot of people they dealing with and they suffering in silence. Now, this is the disclaimer. Oftentimes, when we hear about the black sheep of the family, those who want to acknowledge themselves as the black sheep of the family, many of those people are the ones that have caused so much havoc within the family and when the family members have had enough they say hey look no you're on your own right now you're on your own look we bailed you out you have messed us over you have used us you have lied on us and lied to us all these things when they don't want to hold their own responsibility then they start saying well you know they, they treat me like the back I'm the, I am the back sheep of the family now we ain't talking about them people no no there are some people they ought to understand there are people that are tired of dealing with their mess that doesn't consider you the black sheep of the family that doesn't categorize you as the black sheep of the family what we're discussing we're talking about those who are doing the right things those who are trying to do the right thing those who are the ones that always be there for those to try to help their family members, but yet and still are sometimes being ostracized. Those who are, you know, doing the right thing that are there to help encourage their family or their friends, but it seems like it's not being reciprocated. When you have done the right thing, but still the wrong thing happens to you, these are the people that I'm speaking about. And so what we want to do, we want to first, let's let's get to the understanding of what is the perception of being a black sheep. The black sheep is an expression used to describe the odd member of a group, especially the family. This expression gives a negative implication in other words, it's meaning that that person is different from the other family members of the family. This expression comes from the idea that that because a black sheep is in the minorities, it will surely stand out amongst the majority of the sheep, which are often white. You think about a physical sheep. This is what we're speaking about. The expression of black sheep is based on the idea that 
the black sheep were less valuable than the white ones because it is more difficult to dye their wools in different colors. It was rare for a black sheep to be amongst the flocks of white sheep. Because the black sheep were rare, its wool is more highly prized. The black sheep is a prize in certain cultures. So originally, the black sheep was special. Hmm. It was special. But today, it, was, it has come as a derogatory meaning. Meaning negative. Something that should be considered hmm, a put down. Hmm. That's in today's time. But the expression black sheep is an American expression. This expression is also used in other countries, but the animal is different. In Russia, the odd thing is a white cow. In other words, it is the thing that is different from the minority. The black sheep of the family is the one who is different or unique. However, that difference doesn't have to be bad. For example, if everyone in your family is a drunker, an alcoholic, and you don't drink, they will consider you the oddball or the black sheep. Other family. So another word we have to understand just because you are considered the black sheep does not mean that you are the bad sheep. So like I said we have to break out of that stigma of what they have said throughout the what we have heard throughout the years. Like I said I've heard many times I know many of you all who may be watching have heard that oh that's the black sheep you stay away from that person. The black sheep of the family or the black sheep within the group. And so when you think about every time you hear the word black is always attached to something negative, bad, or hmm, derogatory, uh, evil. But we want to shed light the because you are the black sheep does not mean that you are the bad sheep. But just, matter of fact, just like how I said, even if a family, a family of drunkards, but you're the one that don't drink, you will be considered the black sheep or the oddball in the family. But just because you're the oddball does not mean that you're the bad ball. Get this. Do y'all remember the show The Monsters? Eddie Monster, Herman Monster, Little Monster, Grandpa, but not forgetting Lily. Think about the show, The Monsters. All the family members were monsters, looked scary, looked unique in the eyes of the public. But that one niece named Lily, 
she was the one that was the regular one. She was the what we would consider the normal human being. While all the other ones, Herman and uh, Lily Monster, Eddie Monster, Grandpa, all those other ones, they look like somebody that would be coming from a Halloween, a Halloween party. But see, in the world or in the public, the monsters were the oddball. But within the home, the oddball was not Eddie, Herman, Lily, or Grandpa. Within the home, the oddball was Lily. Why? Because she did not look like the rest of the family. Matter of fact, even when um, Eddie and uh, Herman, when they would talk about their niece, they would talk about her in a negative context. Why? Because she did not resemble them. But as soon as Lily would go out on a date, and she was, like I said, she was amongst us. She looked like us. She would go out on a date. She would bring her date home to meet the family. And what they do, as soon as she opened up the door for them to meet Herman, they would look up at her and be like, oh, Marilyn, Marilyn, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Marilyn, 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 thank you. The aunt was, excuse me, the niece was Marilyn, Marilyn, as in Marilyn Monroe. Yes, I got it mixed up. Thank you. But Lily Monster, Lily was the aunt. Marilyn was the niece. So when you look at them, as soon as she would open up the door for her date to meet her family, they would look at Herman, they would look all the way up and run. And so within their family, she was the oddball. She was the black sheep of the family. But that was within the home. So oftentimes, just because you're different within the home does not mean that it's a negative or you're different in society. So the key thing of it is, is for us to not look at it in a negative context. But unfortunately, because of our culture, and like I said, even pertaining to our American culture, it has been looked down upon for so many years. So just because you're different than the rest of them does not mean that you're not valuable or you're not as valuable or as equal as them. There was an old saying that I've heard from a great um, a great young lady. I, I, I hope and pray that you know she's still around, but uh, it was a friend of mine, grandmother. When I first met her, she said, to be noticed is to be different. Sometimes being different, it actually helps you to stand out, but also sometimes just you just being yourself. Sometimes you may have a, a characteristic or a gift that where some people may think like, wow, you're weird, <laughs> you know, but to you it's normal. You know, matter of fact, I remember years ago, um, for those who uh, grew up in the 70s and 80s, 
I love Fred Astaire. And Fred Astaire was a dancing machine. He would dance and, you know, we've seen many movies with him and uh, I believe it was Ginger Rogers. But the funny thing was, by him dancing and was able to express himself, you would automatically assume that he was a sociable person. But I found out he was so shy. They said that if you got a, a piece of paper, get him a pen, he would draw a little small dot. And they would ask him, what is that? Oh, that's uh, that's someone dancing. He was so much of an introvert. You know, but you think about it. This man can dance. This man has so much energy, so much life. But he only felt himself on stage. But he was an introvert. Look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, that man didn't can sing and dance and he be beatboxing and moving and stuff. But if you try to have a, a conversation, I didn't know him personally, but you know, just see him on TV and he was so much of an introvert. You know, he was a he was a big kid. But when you look at compared to all the rest of them, you know, it's like that gifted one. That gifted one is the one that he's special. Matter of fact, that's another terminology that they will often say. Oh, he's special. He or she is special. Black sheep, special. And you would think that they mean unique. Oh, oh, special. Special being a good thing. No, but the emotive meaning. No. That person may be a little touched. That's what they mean it. But for us to understand that, look, just because you're different from others doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. You have to be able to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be comfortable. You have to be able to be yourself. Be the person that God called for you to be. You know, God did not make all of us the same. If you look at a flower, there are not just different colors of flowers, but there are a different type of flower, different kind of flowers. You know, each flower has its own characteristic, has its own texture, has its own color. You know, and, and to get them all together, it's a beautiful sight. And if you think about it, God did not make all of us the same. God made all of us different, unique. God made us not just different races, different color, different shades, different dialect, different language. And so for us to be able to embrace that, but also that also give us the responsibility to embrace each other, to not to disrespect each other. You know, God made each and every one of us in his image and likeness. But also, if you look at it, even in the Bible, it tells us that God has given each and every one of us at least one gift. At least one gift. Now, there are some people that can operate well in that one gift. But then there are others that have several gifts that God has invested into them. And so it's so important for us to, you know, do a self-analysis on ourselves. 
and for us to be able to know what our gifts, what our talents are, and run with it. Go. Go with it. So it's so important for us to just come to terms with who we are. Who we are. Who is the individual that God made? God made us in his image and likeness. God made us with these gifts and talents. You know, the Bible tells us that gifts give comes without repentance. In other words, God has put investment. God has put his stock into you for a reason and for a purpose. You know, I found out even my personality, my personality was God-given. Your personality was God-given. So if you look at it, let's just say if it was a group of 10 of us, there were all ministers that was ready to bring forth the word of God or to witness to others. Don't you know, because God has made each and every one of us different, there may be some people that I may not reach, but this person may reach, or vice versa. That's why the Bible tells us, you know, one planet, one water, but it's God that gives the increase. So in other words, because of my gift, my talent, God may have me to plant a seed into that person. But this person that's behind me may water it. Or vice versa. So understanding just because you're not the same as others does not mean that you're less valuable than them. That's why it's so important for us to be able to understand who we are. Of course, who we are in Christ, but also who we should be to ourselves is so important. We should not have any type of low self-esteem. God has, God has blessed us. God made us valuable. God made us with worth. God made us with character. God made us with personality. And that's something we got to be comfortable with. And so with it, sometimes being that black sheep, Sometimes it may have us to be treated differently. Sometimes there are some people, they may not respect us as they respect others. So unfortunately, sometimes these are the things that happen and sometimes it happen even within the family. You know, uh, that black sheep may be a personality. It may be some type of trait. It may even be a physical feature. But some way, somehow, we stand out amongst the others. You know, um, there are some that may be, matter of fact, I found that like some some people, they may have tall people in their family and then all of a sudden, here comes the short one. You know, the, the last one or some one of the other ones might be a midget. Like I said, or may have some type of physical feature or something that make them stand out. So in other words, there may be some type of standout feature that you may have that makes you be picked out for a reason. Sometimes picked out, sometimes picked on. So what do we do when we have this type of thing where 
sometimes we may feel like it's working against us. Sometimes we may feel like, well, shucks. You know, why me? You know, I'm going to be real with you. You know, um, in my family, it was a family of five of us. And so I remember years ago, I was going through a lot of procedures. Um, I was the one that was always the sick one in the family. You know, every year there was something going on with me. Out of all the kids, I'm the middle child. Two older brothers and then a younger sister and a younger brother. And I was like, man, why am I always sick? Matter of fact, I'm the shortest boy in the family. But I was I was wondering why. And I remember my brother years ago, my brother said, man, why you? Why you always sick, man? You always in church. You always doing the right thing. You don't smoke. You don't drink. But you're the one that's always sick. And I was like, wow. It really got me. It really got me to thinking, God, why? Why? I don't understand why. But as time went on, I found out, I ain't going to say all of the reason why, but I would say part of the reason why. One of the things I found out, even in my sickness, there are some things that couldn't have been prevented. There were some things that were out of my control. Now, the things that were in my control, hey, I hold on to them. But the things that were out of my control, the things that seemed like it was just a pattern of a cycle of me going to the hospital, me being sick, all that stuff. I found out that there was a reason. Number one, part of that reason was for God to heal my body, which I know that sounds good. Okay, God want to heal you. But I found out later on that if I've been sick and I can speak that God is a healer, then that's part of the ministry that I can really go into. Telling people that God is a healer. Now, for those who may be dealing with um, being the black sheep, those who it may feel like they've been picked on, that old saying, being picked out to be picked on. When it seemed like things happened to you that were no fault of your own. When it seemed like no matter how good you have treated those, even within your family, your circle, it seemed like you were the one that was, you know, uh, they tried to use, the one that was always taken for granted, all these things. When it seemed like they treat you different, Matter of fact, there was an old saying that was saying uh, being treated like a redhead stepchild. Why is that? There are some things that happen, like I said, it just doesn't make sense to us. It's being treated unfairly. When it seems like that the parent may have their favorites and you are not in one of the groups. <laughs> when it seems like, man, why? Why this one get away with it, but you don't? Why? Part of the thing we got to think about, first of all, I do want to say this. When you think about it, in the Bible, it tells us how to choose our spouse. It gives us recommendations of how to choose our spouse. 
It gives us recommendations of how to choose our friends. It tells us how to even to choose uh, investment plans for finances. Even tell us to teach us about even diet, you know, diet regimen to maintain a good health. So in other words, the Bible tells us about how to choose a spouse, how to choose our friends, how to choose financial investments, and also how to choose how to eat. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us or teach us how to choose our family. So in other words, if we don't have a choice in choosing our family, that means God assigned us to this family for a reason. Mm. Yeah. You were chosen within that family for a reason. As dysfunctional as they may be. Excuse me. As dysfunctional as y'all may be. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a purpose behind it. And so that's one thing we have to understand. Even in you being the black sheep of the family. Understand you are still a sheep within that family of sheep. So there's a reason why. And sometimes we may not understand the total reason on this side of glory. Sometimes we may get a deeper understanding on the other side of glory. On the other hand, there may be a time where we don't even get an explanation. But for some way, somehow, God has a purpose that's not just going to benefit them, but benefit us. If you think about it, you were chosen to be the black sheep for a reason. You were chosen. In other words, sometimes some families have to have a redeemer. Now, I can easily talk about Jesus Christ being the redeemer of mankind. Yes, that's fine and dandy. Not omitting that. But sometimes there has to be a redeemer within a family. Sometimes it has to be a generational curse breaker within the family. Sometimes it has to be someone to stand up and say, enough is enough. The devil is not going to fight my family anymore. The devil is not going to keep my family hostage anymore. The devil is not going to attack my family anymore. Somebody may have to stand up and be the one to say enough is enough. What if it's you? The Bible tells us that God used the remnant. What if you are that remnant within the family, within your community, within your circle of friends? What if it's you? What if it's you? Now, what do we do when we are the ones that have to have, who have had, you know, the persecution, the accusations, those that are doing the right thing but get treated wrong or differently. One of the things we have to do, the first thing we have to do is to forgive. Now, I know that's a word that we often hear, but sometimes we don't get the proper understanding of forgiveness. Now, forgiveness meaning you're not going to hold what they doing against you. Now, get this. That doesn't mean that you agree with what they did. 
But that forgiveness is not so much for them. That forgiveness is for your state of mind. Because what happened when we hold on to grudges, hold on to unforgiveness, it changes our character, it changes our mindset, and also it affects our spirit man. We got to be able to move clearly. We got to be able to hear clearly. We got to be able to be able to hear from God. And sometimes when we hold it on to things, it blocks the transmission between God and us. So forgiveness, it frees us, it clears us, it detoxes us from the things that the devil is trying to insert within us. Also, in that forgiveness, one of the things we have to do, and, and this is, you can't do this on your own. This is God helping us in this journey. What may be said or may have been done, we cannot take it personal. We have to look at it strategically and look at it as an assignment. Now, I can't say specifically what happened. I can't say, no, I can't say specifically because each person is different. Each person may have had something happen to them or some type of mistreatment that may be different from this person as a black sheep in their family versus this one. So we can't, we're not saying that we agree with what happened, no. But the key thing for your state of mind and for you not to have your blessings on hold, being able to forgive, being able to forgive, you telling God, God, free this mess from me so that way I won't become like how they treated me. Oftentimes, when we continue to hold on to grudges, hold on to unforgiveness, like I said, sometimes that venom that we're holding on to, it bleeds into our spirit and what happened, we become how they treated us we end up doing the same thing to someone else. But also what happened, like I said, even within the family, what happened, that stuff, it give access into us for that generational curse to continue. So it's so important for us to understand that we have to be able to forgive. Like I said, that does not mean that you agree with or that you like what happened. But it's for your safety. It's for your spiritual, mental, financial, physical well-being. Physically, mentally, emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually. It's for your well-being. We have to be able to forgive. Now, one of the disclaimers always say, just because you forgive someone does not mean that you have to trust them. Forgiveness is free, but trust costs. When someone violates your trust, you the one that dictates the wage, or if you choose to put some type of wage, when I say wage, does not just pertain to financial, but that wage meaning the criterias. Because if someone violates your trust, you have to be able to be on guard. I'm going to speak about something else later on too. You got to be on guard. 
Everybody is not worthy of your trust, even if it is family. Everybody is not worthy of your trust, nor your time. When I say your trust, that includes your heart. Everybody not, everybody should not have access to your heart. So that's why it goes to the next step. You have to set boundaries. It's okay to put healthy boundaries or parameters to make sure that you guard yourself. The Bible tells us, lay hands, this one of the scriptures I'll always remember. I had to learn this the hard way. But the Bible tells us, lay hands subtly on no man. Meaning don't give your approval to people who have not earned it. And so when it comes down to trust, people, matter of fact, this whole saying, some people say, well, you know, they got to earn my respect. They got to earn my respect. No, no, no. Respect is given freely, but trust requires a wage or a payment. Trust, trust, trust. People have to earn your trust. And there are some people, if they're not willing to earn your trust, then you know what? Those are the people that you understand where you need to put parameters or boundaries on. Some people, not just the boundaries, sometimes you got to pitch a fork and build a wall because it's for your safety. See, I, I found out this. I could be carefree in everything amongst my family, amongst those that I trust. But you should not have that same quote unquote personality around people that you don't know. But some people, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me, me. And wonder why there's no level of respect. Some people, you can let your hair down. Those that know you, those that trust you, they can, you know, you can let your hair down amongst them. But there's some other folks, hey, it's all about business. And so you want to make sure that you keep your level of integrity up. So setting boundaries, setting healthy boundaries. And for those that love you, they will respect that. But for those who don't care, those who are selfish, well, what you mean we supposed to be family, you know, or, or you supposed to be a Christian? Hey, you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with that. You have that right. You need to say to yourself, you have rights. You have rights to do that. The other thing, you forgave. Build your, build up that trust. You know, just not giving your trust freely. Just not giving your heart freely. Also setting boundaries. But also, what we got to do, stay true to your character. Oftentimes, when we've been hurt, sometimes we change who we are. And you know what? Whenever you change who you are, and, and when I say change who you are, that means change to become bitter, not better. When you change who you are, that means that person in that situation controls you. No one should be able to have that type of power and authority over you. Even Jesus himself, he said, come. In other words, free willingly. God is not going to ever go against your will. 
So if God is not going to go against your will, don't let other people make you go against. Don't let other people go against your will or force their will upon you. So stand true to your character. You may be a loving person. Hey, just be mindful the next time. Hey, you know, somebody burnt you the first time. Hey, you know what? Well, next time they come back, can you say, no, I say I love you, but no, no. That's what you call tough love. And what happened, you just, based upon they're dealing with the consequences of their actions, and based upon their actions, you just guard yourself, number one, but that way you don't allow yourself to get hurt again, but also you're giving them the responsibility and accountability of their actions. That's using wisdom. And so the other thing is, asking God to send or to send you to healthy folks. Sometimes God will have your environment cleaned up. Sometimes God will detox your environment. God will sometimes spiritually exterminate. That's what I'm trying to think of. Spiritually exterminate unhealthy people out of your life. When I say out of your life, primarily out of your heart. He can't do it also out of your life. There are some people, if you look at it, we got to take that personal inventory. We got to take inventory also of the people that are within our circle. When I say circle, that means those that we have given our trust to. There are some people that we give our trust to or that we give our heart to. And the reason why we hold on to them is because of who we are to them. What do I mean? Sometimes the people that we call friends, did they earn our friendship? Or are we having them in our circle of friendship based upon them calling us friends? There are some people that you will die for. You're always there to help. You're always there to support. You're always there for them. They can trust you. You are reliable. You are responsible. And they can say, wow, you are a great friend. You know what? You're you're my best friend. I really thank you. So what happened, oftentimes when that happened, subconsciously, we would try to put them in the same category as what category they put us in. Hmm. Think about it. Make sure this is working. I want to. I want to do this little test right quick. But oftentimes, what happened? We well, you know, they can they consider me a friend. So what I'm gonna do? They they consider me a friend. So you know what? They they my friend. They my friend. I'm their friend. They my friend too. Yeah. And you know what happened? They can trust you. But they end up using you. Why? But they say, you said that that was your friend. Yeah. You've proven yourself. And you're there for them. But with them, they only use you for what you can do for them. Or what they can get out of you. Hmm. So that's something to think about. 
So the people that are in your circle, even if they are family, and you are reliable, you are trustworthy for them, is it reciprocated? Just as you are a great friend and a trusting person to them, are they a trusting person to you? In other words, even in the Bible, it tells us, be thou unequally yoked. Now, that just not mean it pertaining to courtship or marriage. It also pertaining to friendship or even business. Are y'all compatible? Or is it a one-sided relationship or a one-sided friendship? And so it's so important for us even to emphasize the importance of building relationships even within families. And so it's so important for us to be able to make sure that we don't allow people to not only change our character, but we have to trust God to ask him to send people. First of all, like I said, take inventory of the people that are in our circle to make sure that we are allowing healthy people within our circle. And like I said, that circle be family and friends. But also, just in case there are not any healthy people, asking God to help you to be aware of what's healthy and what's not healthy, what's functional and what's dysfunctional. And also deal with it accordingly to make sure that you allow God to send people or to send you the people that is healthy. Also, another thing, even for those who may have wronged us, even for those who may have hmm, treated us differently, this is something else that even pertained to being true to your character. The, the, the last step, be willing to help those who hurt you when necessary. Now, when I say, I had to put that disclaimer, when necessary. In other words, we have to ask God and consult God to make sure because oftentimes they might be in trouble, but God may be punishing them. And you don't want to get interfere in God's wrath to try to catch their attention or their own punishment or the consequences of their choices or actions or behavior. You don't want to look. It just like um, I think about man, we used to get whoopings growing up. And just imagine if a parent is whooping a child and then another child try to intervene and stick their hand out and what happened, even though that child may be getting some licks, but their other child gonna end up receiving some of them licks also because they're interfering into the punishment that that bad child may be getting. Well, think about this. When discipline happens, we gotta stay out the way. And so also understanding just because they're crying, oh, help me, help me. Look, it might be alligator tears. Understand, they might be selling, what they call it, they might be selling wolf tickets. 
just because they say help me, help me, are they saying help me because they really need help? They really want help. They've changed. They repented. They are look. They repented. They apologize. They come to the awareness of their mistakes, or they just trying to have you to come to the rescue so they won't be dealing with the consequences of their actions or choice or behavior. So when I say help when necessary, that means if God nudge on you to tell you, hey, go ahead and help them. Be willing to do it. But like I said, if God say, hey, no, don't help them. Quit being their safety net. Sometimes when we put people in God's hands, we got to trust that he knows what's best. God knows how to catch a person's attention. So allow him to catch that person's attention. But also understand, just because God may be dealing with them or disciplining them, that does not mean or guarantee that they're going to be obedient. So even be at peace with that. So understand that there's a purpose that we were chosen to be in this particular family. Also for us to understand some way, somehow, God going to use what we dealt with for our good. Now, I do have to put this, I have to bring this out. This caught my attention. There are, look, Understand that you are not the only black sheep within your family. You are not the only person that was considered a black sheep. I'm going to name a couple of people. And this was the first character, a person I thought about as a black sheep. The first person I thought about in the Bible, Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was different. Joseph was so different from his brothers. That his own brothers put him in a pit. His own brothers, his own brothers tried to kill him. His own brother, and get this, I'm, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there. Get this. His own brothers, they have the same father, but a different mother. Think about it. So this is a little disclaimer I have to say also. See, his father, his father loved Joseph's mother. His mother was Rachel. But the other boys, their mother, especially the older ones, their mother was Leo. But what happened, because there was a difference in the baby mother, Mm. that difference you know creating a jealousy excuse me amongst the sisters and now it have trinkled to the kids so that's why it's so important for us to even understand there may be some who may have different baby mama uh oh let me see matter of fact my um sound like Sound like my uh, my sound went off. So 
there may be some who may be different. But also, it shows us that that baby mother, that baby mother issue, but there was sister, that competition, that jealousy. It trinkled down to the kids. So it's so important that that man, there's any people, any, any guys that may be out there, if actually guys and girls, if you have children, if you have more than one child and multiple children and they have different fathers or different mothers, please, please love them equally. Don't allow your love and respect of your child be depicted upon who their parent is, who you got pregnant by or who you impregnated. And sometimes, unfortunately, these kids have to deal with adult issues because of the because of the choices. I don't want to say the mistake, but because of the behavior of or the immaturity of parents, the children end up dealing with the consequences and then getting picked on. You know, so it's we have to understand. Oftentimes, the adults, we cause a lot of problems for our children. So we got to be aware of that. So understand that those who may be the black sheep, there are so many people within the Bible that identifies with you. I mentioned about Joseph. And understand, matter of fact, um, Joseph is thrown in a pit. Joseph, and get this, he was... So, uh, um, he was set up to be killed. He was sold to slavery, thrown in a pit. Also, even just him, um, other thing, he was sold into slavery. That's coming from Genesis 37 through 50. But at the end, at the end, Joseph ended up saving his family from poverty. But get this. Even in the midst of him being sold into slavery, being in prison, he still operated in his gift. He had the interpretation of a dream, the gift of the interpretation, and, and, and all these things. It did not stop him from exercising the investment that God had placed in him. He still operated his gift. And so that's why it's so important for us to stay consistent with who we are. Stay consistent with who we are. Yeah, even in difficult times, that does not mean that you throw in the towel for your purpose, your assignment, your gift. You know, one of the things I always tell, uh, you know, those that know me, I work in the jailhouse. And there have been times, there have been ministers that have been in there. And I tell them, first of all, I don't have to know why a person is in jail. But regardless of what you're doing outside of the jail, whatever vocation or even gift that you have, just because you're incarcerated or just because you have relocated does not mean that your ministry stops. It's just been relocated. And so whatever season that we're in, we still got to be found guilty of being obedient to God and the calling and the purpose he has for us to be in. 
another person that was considered the black sheep of the family. The first one I said, Joseph. Another one, Jabez. Jabez in First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. He was considered a born loser. His mother named him Jabez, meaning pain. Wow. First of all, it's already bad enough with some kids, especially boys, are hurt. They they hear, you just like your daddy. You just like your daddy. That's already bad enough. But through birth, when your mama named you pain, think about what type of psychological effect that would have on you. Wow. That was cruel. <laughs> wow. But meaning pain. Jabez prayed to God and God changed the circumstances of his life. Then Jabez became more honorable than his brothers. Hmm. Think about also Gilead. Gilead in Judges 6 was a young man from an otherwise unrecognizable clan from the tribe of Mesodim. He was called by God to free the people of Israel and to condemn their worship of idols because Gideon considered himself to be the black sheep amongst his own people he requested proof of God's will by putting out a flince to make sure that he had heard from God. Gideon put out the fence twice, the fleece twice. Another one, Jetho. In Judges 10, 1 through 3, he was driven away from home by his brothers because he was considered the black sheep of the family. Wow. Trying to do something worthwhile, he vowed to God that he would sacrifice the first thing that came out of his house if God would allow him to win a battle. He had to keep his word and he sacrificed his only daughter because of the vow he would cause his brothers not to think of him as a black sheep. Hmm. Jeremiah. Jeremiah's family thought that he was the black sheep of the family. Jeremiah was made a laughing stock when he prophesied to God, excuse me, when he prophesied the word of God. The people in his own hometown tried to run him out. Hmm try to run him out of town. His own, in other words, his own people. When that didn't work, he tried to kill himself by putting himself in a well. Oh, excuse me. He tried to kill them by putting himself in a well. And last but not least, this one black sheep of the family that not only sometimes we don't think about but this person right here, this person understands our struggle. The person is Jesus. 
Jesus encountered some of the same thing that Jeremiah experienced. His own family denied him until after his death. And oftentimes we think about the 12 disciples. Don't you know, even Jesus had some of his brothers as 12 disciples, but who were the core three? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John, and out of them three, John was the one that he loved. John was the one to say, I love Jesus. But you think about it. Out of them 12, and part of them 12 being Jesus' brothers, and then the core three, and then the one, they were not his brothers. <laughs> That's crazy. Even Jesus was not even welcoming his hometown. He had to go out to speak to be more accepted. His own family denied him until after his death. He cannot perform miracles in his hometown because some people did not believe in him. He was considered a prophet without honor. In other words, Jesus was considered a black sheep just like some of us. Hmm. So, if we think about it, many of us, many of us, we may feel like, well, you know, does God understand? Yes, he does. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, understand how we feel, understand our struggle. Because why? Not only he's all-knowing, he experienced the same thing. But in whatever we deal with, he told us to be of good cheer. In other words, also, even just like Joseph. Joseph said, what was meant for evil God turned it for our good. And so in the midst of whatever we're dealing with, God wants us to depend upon him in whatever situation that we're facing or dealing with. God wants us to rely upon him. He's the one that can help us. He want to help us. And he can help us. He's the only one that's qualified to help us. And so you may feel uncomfortable. It may be really worrying on you. But understand, this too shall pass. Just don't give up. Number one, don't give up. Don't change who you are. But also, don't stop praying for your family. Like I said, you may be the one that God chose for you to intercede for your family. Intercede, pray. Sometimes, this can cause one of the greatest testimonies that will not only catapult your ministry, but also it shows unconditional love that that person may be needing for them to be rescued. And so as we get ready to wrap up and pray, I want you to be encouraged. Now, true enough, maybe everybody don't understand what you went through. And like I said, that doesn't mean that it was the right thing that happened to you. That doesn't mean that, well, you know, uh, I'm going to say it like this. Even if there was some criminal act, that does not mean that, no, no, you know, you forgave them, so you leave the police out of it. No, if there's some type of criminal act that happened, you got every right to contact the authorities. You have every right. But God wants you to use wisdom. God wants you to use wisdom in dealing with people. 
in dealing with those who may have hurt you, even those who may have taken your trust for granted. <clears throat> pray for them. Pray for yourself. And understand that there is nothing too hard for God. God, is, God said in his word that he is near and dear to the broken heart. There may be some things that may have happened that you don't understand. This is the time for you to go to God and talk to him. And also, there are some things that may have happened in our lives that we're going to need some we're going to need some professional counseling. That's okay. That's okay. Seek professional counseling. There are some there are some uh, professional counselors. There are ministers. There, there are Christians. You know, even seeking counseling, that is a ministry within itself. So it's okay to get some help. And look, sometimes... Not everybody should be privileged to understand what transpired with you. So be very guarded in who you share your information to. But also as we get ready to pray, we want you to know that you are loved. Don't let this change your character. But also that does not mean, like I said, that you're less than any other person within your family. That doesn't mean that you're loved any less that doesn't mean that they're more valuable sometimes it just means that they may be more known but in the midst of what you're dealing with God can turn your pain to purpose God can turn whatever situation that you dealt with and God can use it for his glory and also even to help you along the way so understand, we're here for you. We care for you. We're here to provide help for you. And understand, this right here will not define who you are. This right here will not counsel the assignment or the purpose of plan God has for you. God's going to help you to be able to raise your head up. God is going to help you to be able to be bold, be confident in who you are in Christ. And no matter what, no matter what transpired, what the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for your good. They have the Father be coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. Be coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. Be coming to you right now, God. I ask you all to help us in every area of our lives right now. Help us right now, God, to acknowledge your presence on today. Be coming to you right now, God. I ask you all to help us right now, God. There are those who may be dealing with a lot of things that as far as even just uh, uh, being uh, being the one that stands out, being the one that being the black sheep of the family. There are some that have had pressure and stress because of who they are or because of some type of um, uh, display of, of, of characteristic or something that make them stand out. And even in what you have invested into them, the devil has tried to make them feel like they're weird. They're, they're crazy or they have no purpose in life. So God, we speaking, God, that you reveal who they are, God. Reveal who you are and who they are in you right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, that you give them their spiritual identity, God. Build them up right now, God. Heal their heart if there's anything that have happened, God. If there's been any hurt, any pain, any discomfort. We speaking right now, God, that you help them, God, 
to seek their purpose in you right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, for those who may have treated them bad or treated them indifferently, even the name callings, God. We speaking, God, did you give them that desire, God, to apologize, God, apologize to those whom they may have hurt it, God, and to repent to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And said about everything you stand for, about every problem, about every future right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind every generational curse. We bind every problem that the devil try to put forth. And God, we speak it right now, God. God, help us, God, to operate in love, God. Operate in forgiveness, God. Helping us, God, to be able to even just uh, uh, have healthy boundaries right now, God. And using wisdom and dealing with certain folks right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking, God, that you comfort, God, the bereaved family right now, God. Speaking, God, that you comfort, God, the Fleming's family right now, God. The Harden family right now, God. Comfort them right now, God. We even speaking, God, for those who have passed on, God. Thank you, Lord, for their legacy, God. Thank you, Lord, for what they have deposited into us right now, God. And their contribution, God, to society in this world right now. In the name of Jesus, even to the family right now, God. We thank you for it right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you continuously, God, comfort those, God. Be with them, God. They are grieving, God. God, we don't know everything, God. And sometimes silence is golden. So, God, we're speaking, God, for those who may be hurting, God, those who may be grieving. Help us right now, God, to use wisdom and what to say and what not to say right now. But most importantly, God, you be the interpreter right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, for those who may be dealing with so much within the family, God. We speaking, God, that you help them right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of y'all who tuned in. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. It's B-R-O-T-H-E-R. Prater, Piers and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. You can catch me on Facebook. I have uh, Facebook. Uh, I have my daily devotions on there and my videos. Also, if you want to get in contact with me on my website, my website is brotherprater.com. Brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions, my videos, as well as my personal appearances on my calendar. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men their needs and their responsibilities toward their children, their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. Also, I not only speak to you, Men, but I speak to the women also. So that way, we just overall help the whole family. But the women, speak to the women, what a real man is or what a real man ain't. Also, for those who may be um, waiting on God for a spouse, helping them to choose uh, what a real man is or what a real man ain't. But also even to help pick, to be mindful, even for those who may be considering having children. You know, so uh, that's that book. And then also this book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love 